Hey, welcome to the Impact Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. We hope this week's message is a blessing to you like it was to us. Let's go ahead and jump into it. Hebrews chapter 10, chapter 10, verse 1. For the law, having a shadow of good things to come and not the very image of things that can never with these same sacrifices, which they offer continually year by year. Everybody say year by year. So basically what we're saying is the law was just a shadow, right? What am I talking about? I'm talking about the law of Moses. That law of Moses said that a priest had to make a sacrifice every single year, and it happened year after year after year. There was no good in it. It was just a shadow of something better that was to come. Verse 2, and it says, for then they... Well, let's go back for a minute. It says, um, they make year after year, making those who approach it perfect. In other words, this was a shadow. These sacrifices they made year after year, they didn't make those people who did those sacrifices perfect. In fact, verse 2 says, "For when, the, because if they would have made them perfect, would they not have ceased to make those offerings and made those sacrifices? Why continue to make the sacrifice if you've been made perfect? For the worshiper, once purified, would have not had consciousness to sin anymore. But in those sacrifices, there is a reminder of your sin every single year when that priest had to make that sick sacrifice in that temple once a year it was a reminder year over year over year of their separation from God of their sins how many y'all know that's the plan of the enemy to remind you year over year day over day every single waking moment don't you go to prayer meeting don't you fast don't you witness don't you evangelize I want to remind you don't you know what you did last Friday don't you know what you did last Saturday that's what the old way was it was a reminder that your sin remained and your separation from God was there every year for it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats could take away the sins of the world let's skip to verse 9 then God said Jesus said behold I come to do your will Oh God, he takes away the first that he may establish the second. By that will we have been sanctified. What will? The will of God. That's what will. We've been sanctified by the will of God through the offering of the body of the blood of Jesus Christ once and for all. That's what the, that's what the title of the message was going to be tonight. That what Jesus did, the price he paid was once and for all. Every priest stand ministering daily offered repeatedly the same sacrifice which can never ever take away the sins but this man capital M Jesus this man Jesus after he offered his one sacrifice somebody say one sacrifice he offered the one sacrifice for the sins forever he's then sat down took a break at the right hand of God from that time waiting till his enemies were made his footstool for by one offering somebody say one offering For by one offering, he, capital H, Jesus, for by one offering, Jesus has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. This thing was done once and for all. Somebody say, I'm included in that. Amen. Sit down just for a moment here. I want to teach you here just for a minute. God, help me do it. So today is the Jewish holiday. For those of you who know what it is, congratulations. But how many of y'all don't know what I'm talking about? Good. All right. Everybody say this with me. Say Yom, Y-O-M, Yom Kippur. K-I-P-P-U-R. Yom Kippur. Today is a Jewish holiday. Today is a Jewish holiday not named Yom Kippur. If you're hillbilly, it's Yom Kippur, right? But 
It was a day of significance to the Jewish people, right? And this day is also known the Day of Atonement. Everybody say Day of Atonement. This day to the Jews, to those who practice the religion of Judaism, right? These individuals believe that throughout the entire year they have transgressions, they have sins, they fail God because they don't believe that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, the one who came to sacrifice the sins once and for all. They practice the Day of Atonement, and that is where the priests will go into the high into the temple one time a year, make a sacrifice, and make atonement. Notice I didn't say forgiveness, I said atonement. Uh, satisfaction, temporary reprieve from the consequences, just a temporary covering. It's like taking medicine where you temporarily treat the symptoms right but there's a root problem here in the world the root problem is the root of sin the root of disobedience from God and so that priest makes the sacrifice once a year and every year year over year he has to go and make that sacrifice and it's only one man the high priest who can enter into the presence of God into the most holy place and make that sacrifice but the Bible says it's a shadow of things to come. How many of y'all know that Jesus came once and for all? And we no longer have to bear the, the, the burden of our sins because Jesus Christ bore that burden for us. And listen, the enemy wants to keep you in a shadow. That's what the enemy wants to do. Uh, what's being written here by the writer of Hebrews, he's saying, listen, there is a shadow. What's happening in that old in that temple over in Jerusalem? Well, not really a temple over there, but what's happening in, in Jerusalem today is they're celebrating. The high priest is making atonement for the children of Israel because of the sins that they have committed throughout the year. But Jesus, the word of God tells us, this was a shadow of good things to come. And the enemy wants to convince you by getting you to deny the relevancy of Jesus Christ, by convincing you that Jesus Christ is some historical figure, by convincing you that Jesus Christ was just some self-help guru way back when a few thousand years ago who was a good man who did good things but listen he is so much more than that he is the savior of the world he is that most perfect sacrifice that the word of God talks about he became the propitiation the forgiveness of our sins once and for all and we no longer have to live in that shadow but the enemy is working overtime on you young men and you young women to convince you that you've got to live a life in a shadow and here's how he does that he convinces you day day after day and month after month that you've got to continue to pay the price for your sins that you got to continue to write the check of guilt and shame and condemnation imagine being a Jewish person having to carry the burden of your sin for an entire year just waiting and begging for the day of atonement only to realize that the next morning the day after atonement you are a carnal man you are a fleshly man and it was a matter of time before you made a mistake and you sinned again and you had to wait another 364 days for the priest to make a sacrifice and you just lived under the shadow of that sin the promise of something to come but the bible says that jesus became that right what's the point of living in the shadow of a house god wants you to dwell inside that house so it's time to get out of the shadow and get into some substance amen come on there's something that's casting that shadow and jesus wants you to get in the shadow he wants you to get in that dwelling they that dwell in the secret place come on somebody shall abide under the shadow of the almighty come on you're in the shadow of the almighty god who paid the ultimate price for your sins so what happened was year over year, they have to make those sacrifices. It's like, it's like taking medicine for, for a sickness that you have, right? Treating the symptoms every year, but never addressing the root cause of sin that's poisoned the world. Jesus is the cure 
to sin. Not the medicine. Not the temporary treatment for your sin. I need a young man or a young woman who's messed up a little bit to hear me right now. I need that young girl who maybe went too far and she knows she did. And you've been suffering and living with the guilt and shame of the choices you've made. That boy who has yet again found himself doing that thing he ought not do, being that place he ought not be, watching that thing he ought not watch, doing the thing he ought not do. And the enemy's trying to convince you that you need to live in the guilt and the shame of that and just treat the symptoms and just treat the symptoms and you'll feel better about yourself. No, Jesus Christ is the cure for sin. Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18, For as much as you know that you are not redeemed by vain things like silver and gold, but by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. 2 Peter chapter 2, There will come a time, the Bible says, where people will bring quietly and secret destructive heresy your way. These are people who will come in and they'll privately and secretly say things that are, that are, are flashy or, or tweetable or comfortable and sounds good. And it's a doctrine. Listen, and, and it goes on to say, but listen, these are the people. Let me just flip over to it because I didn't have the full scripture written here. It's 2 Peter chapter 2, um, verse 1. And it says, give me a second, 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 1, and it says, But there were those also false prophets among the people, even as there are false teachers among you now, who will secretly bring destructive heresies, even denying the blood that brought them, and bring upon themselves of swift destruction. The Bible says there's coming a day, there'll be teachers that'll come in among us, and they'll teach something that is contrary. In fact, what they're teaching is so fundamentally wrong, it denies the blood of Jesus Christ. It denies the Lord who paid the ultimate sacrifice. The Bible says you're inviting swift destruction. These are people who prefer flashy, tweetable, comfortable, what sounds good, attractive, just like the devil said to Eve in that garden, you shall not truly die. The Bible says that they would even deny the blood that bought them. Listen, there's churches now that won't preach on heaven and hell. There's people now who won't preach on the blood. There's people now that won't preach on there's an eternity after you die. There's preachers now who won't even mention the fact that the word of God says Pointed unto man wants to wants to live and then he dies and then the judgment. That's the word of God. Don't get mad at me. The Bible says you're promised one thing, child of God. Unless that rapture come, you will die and then you will be judged. There is no other way around it. You don't get to spend hell in purgatory. You don't get to spend eternity in purgatory. It's fake. It doesn't exist. The Bible doesn't support that. There is heaven and there is hell. There is no in between. And those that are blood bought, sanctified spirits taught will end up in glory but there's power power wonder working power in the precious blood of the lamb somebody asked me what makes the blood so precious thank you for being curious what makes the blood so precious is that it's rare what makes anything precious it's rarity what makes gold and diamonds and rubies and emeralds so precious it's rarity. It's scarcity. It's hard to find. We say, Pastor Tad, isn't the blood of Jesus Christ available to all? Yes, but when I say the blood of Jesus is rare and it's scarce, what I'm trying to tell you is that we are saved by no other other than the name of Jesus Christ. There are not multiple ways to heaven. There is one way to heaven, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. Acts chapter 4, verse 12 says, No other name given under heaven whereby men must be saved. 
chapter 9, 22, that without the shedding of blood, there can be no remission of sins. I'm talking about the precious blood of Jesus Christ that is rare. I'm not talking about Buddha's blood. I'm not talking about your mama's blood. I'm not talking about your daddy's blood. I'm not talking about granny or papa's blood. I'm not talking about Mother Teresa's blood. I'm not talking about any good moral person's blood. I'm talking about there is one blood. There is no other name under heaven whereby we might be saved but the name of Jesus Christ that without the shedding of his blood there would be no remission of sins. Titus chapter 3 verse 5 says not by works of righteousness which we have done but according to his mercy he saved us through the washing of regeneration through the blood and the renewing of the Holy Spirit of God. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 4 says for it is for the blood of bulls and goats to take away the sins of the world. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 12 says, Not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood. He entered the most holy place once and for all, having attained eternal redemption for all mankind. Romans chapter 8 verse 3 says, For what the law could not do in that it was weak, God sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. Paul wrote to that Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians 2 and 2. He said, For I am determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. What would prompt Paul to write that to the Corinthian church? Because he knew there was no other way but Jesus Christ and him crucified. I said the blood of Jesus Christ is precious because it's rare. Not any blood will do the job. Amen. It's not by vain tradition or ritual conversation. For by grace you have been saved through faith. Not of yourselves, but it is the gift of God. Not of your works. Not of anything you should, could do, lest you may boast. The word of God or the blood of Jesus Christ is precious because it's incorruptible. Our blood starts coagulating the moment it leaves our blood system. It starts drying up. It essentially becomes dead unless it's put into a pouch to be saved later or goes from your vein directly into the veins of somebody else. The moment that blood is exposed and leaves your body, it starts dying. There's no life in it. But let me tell you right now, Jesus shed every ounce of his blood on that old rugged cross and it dropped and every drop that hit this earth, it pounded in and transfused mercy, grace, truth, redemption, righteousness, hope, healing, faith, forgiveness, righteousness. It transfused every drop of blood it fell out of his body and listen oh God listen to me now child of God that blood didn't die in fact it's very much alive today that old Roman soldier took that spear pierced the side of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and he opened up a fountain oh that fountain that began to flow and for 2,000 years they've tried to stop that blood they tried to stop up Abraham's well they tried to stop up Jacob's well and they tried to stop up and that work and they tried to stop up the well that's flowing the fountain of Jesus but that blood still works it's flowing today it's incorruptible it brings life to everything it touches hallelujah bless God forevermore glory to God it did not die almost 2,000 years have gone by and it's still incorruptible and alive today hallelujah it's still flowing to this day to redeem mankind, to save, to heal, to forgive mankind. But they've never been able to stop up the well of the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's incorruptible because it brings life to everything it touches. Listen, my blood isn't a match for everybody. 
I recognize that. Driving down the highway, maybe I see a car accident. Walk up to the paramedic. Is there anything I could do to help here? He might say, well, are you type O blood? Because our victim here is type O. No, sir, I'm not. I can't help. Listen, our blood's not a match for every situation. But can I tell you, there's a blood that's the perfect match for every circumstance. There's a blood transfusion from Jesus Christ that will work in the prostitute just like it worked in the preacher. There's a blood in the Lord Jesus Christ that will work in the pimp just like it worked in the prophet. My God, the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ can be transfused. It's a perfect match for the drunkard. It's the perfect match for the addicted. It's the perfect match for the hopeless. It's the perfect match for the helpless. It's the perfect match for a young woman who's lost her value. It's the perfect match for a young man who's allowed the enemy to convince him that he is a no count good for nothing boy but let me tell you the blood of Jesus Christ is a perfect match bless God forevermore I wish I had time to preach this right now it's incorruptible because it brings life the blood's the perfect match for all circumstances number three the blood is precious because it holds its value I might get happy and just run on this one I said the blood is perfect and precious because it holds its purchasing power Hallelujah. 2,000 year old. And that blood has not lost one ounce of its value. It can still purchase today what it purchased back on that old rugged cross. It can still purchase today like it purchased that old thief. It can still purchase today like it purchased Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It can still purchase today like it purchased Mary and Magdalene. It can still purchase today like it purchased Bond Bartimaeus. It can still purchase today like it purchased a woman at the well. Hallelujah. I said it can purchase today like it did some 2,000 years ago. And the devil would like to con- convince you and some foolish man with the microphone would like to convince you that God's no longer relevant that the blood's lost its value let me tell you right now the blood of Jesus Christ is inflation proof come on it can still buy today what it bought 2,000 years ago it's not lost its value bless God forevermore hallelujah 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 Oh, that blood can still buy the blackest of soul. It can still buy the most rebellious of individual. It can still redeem. That's what that word redeem means. It means to buy back. Hallelujah. It's got the same purchasing power, Jonah, today that it did 2,000 years ago. There's nothing too far gone that God can't redeem it and buy it back. Hallelujah. Oh, well, that's an old, old message. Yes, sir, it is. It's an old message, but it still makes all things new. It's an old message. Not many preach it anymore, but it'll make all things new. I said this message of the preciousness of the blood of Jesus Christ will put your home back together. It'll put your friendships together. It'll bring hope and healing to your generation. I said the blood still works. It still has the same ability to buy today what it's bought from the moment it was shed all the way through. There's nothing you can do that can bankrupt heaven. There's no sin you can do that can make God broke. Oh, hallelujah. He can write any check and there's no concern with it cashing. Bless God. Hallelujah. According to Josephus, they beat him so hard that his eyeballs lay bare on his cheekbones. 
According to Isaiah, he resembled more of a beast than he did a man. Also, according to Isaiah, they plucked his facial hair out so hard and so much that till the visage of him looked more like a ravenous beast than an animal than he even resembled a man. The psalmist recorded that his bones, all of them, were out of joint. They pierced his hands with his old rugged Roman spikes. Come on, that's what killed Jesus. But listen, that wasn't the worst of it all. And in fact, that's not what redeemed you oh I just stepped on some toes there everybody's like what do you mean listen the death on the cross of Jesus Christ his method of death is not what redeemed you that was a common way that Romans killed people come on if a vicious and brutal death was enough to redeem mankind go read the Fox's book of martyrs there were many who died brutal and horrible deaths people who were drugged through the streets until their bodies were all because they proclaimed and declared the name of Jesus Christ. What made the death of Jesus Christ that perfect sacrifice? The physical death on the cross wasn't what saved the world. For many experienced a very similar pain and death. Martyrs all over the world died. But this one, Jesus, bore our sins in his own body. He took the weight of that sin. He took the heftiness of every sin, past, present, and future. Child of God, don't cheapen the grace of God by thinking that gives you a license to go sin and do whatever you want. Don't make that mistake. But let me tell you right now, he took the weight, the heaviness, the burden of all sin, past, present, and future. There was so much pressure put upon him that day. So much pressure put upon him. So much pressure put upon his heart. Many scholars believe his heart actually ruptured. Hallelujah. He was the first to die that day on those cross out of the three that were hanging there. Why? Because the burden of our sins was a heavy weight that ruptured his heart. He died there bearing your sins, my sins, the sins of past, the sins of present, and the sins of all future. I said a broken-hearted Savior for a broken-hearted world. A wounded Savior for a wounded world. A suffering Savior for a suffering world. That's what makes this blood so precious. No other person can pay that price. Listen, young person, if you're waiting for God to do something else tonight, you're going to be waiting a long time. He's done it already. The title of this message tonight was Once and for All. Because the work was complete the first time. There's no need to do it again. Come on, give me a high five for that. Hallelujah. I said the blood was so powerful, there's no need for him to shed again. Hallelujah. That work was so perfect, it was done once and for all. Come on, that's you, that's me, that's your mama, that's your daddy, that's your brother. Oh, Pastor Tad, you don't know what I did. I don't need to know what you did. He still did it for all, once and for all. Don't let the enemy convince you tonight that somehow your sin is extra dark, that you're, the, the, the place in your heart is extra evil. But no, God did it once and for all. He even died for old Nero that would take Christians and burn them as human torches on the streets of Rome, he died for Nero. He did it once, and he did it for all. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you tonight. God, we don't have words to express what you've done in the students at CCA and through that revival today. God, we don't have words to express for the many students that are homeschooled or public schooled or go to a different school that came to church tonight, God, and experienced that same power tonight. 
Lord, we thank you for healing, for saving, for delivering, for setting free. God, I'm so looking forward to the testimonies, the praise reports, that everything we ask tonight, God, you heard and answered, God. Lord, I thank you for healing, God, supernatural restoration, a praise report that only you'll get the glory from, God. We'll get out of the way and give you all the praise and glory and honor. Lord, we thank you for that old blood, God. We thank you for the work that was done upon Calvary. God, we thank you that it was such a complete work that it was done once and for all for the sins of many past, present, and future. God, we bless you, we praise you, we glorify you for it. Thanks for listening. If you were blessed or encouraged, go ahead and subscribe to the Impact Podcast and share it with a friend to bless them too. Connect with us on Instagram at impactym and remember, you can have as much of God as you want.